from a secret location in room 100 of 540 Jack Gibbs Boulevard, this is Craft. I'm your host, Doug Dangler. Aaron Foley will be appearing in Columbus on January 24th at Woodlands Tavern. Welcome back, Aaron Foley. Thanks so much. I'm excited to uh, be talking. Yes, and we're excited to be listening. This is your third time at Woodlands Tavern, I think? Second. Second, okay. Yeah. Third time, I think, performing overall in Columbus, uh, second time at uh, Woodlands Tavern. Well, what uh, what has happened since the last time you were here? Well, uh, I think I put a couple pounds on from the holiday. That's mm-hmm. always fun uh, when you wake up and you're like, I'm just going to keep eating and drinking my way through this festive season. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's about it. Now, can you imagine? Um <laughs> Fun stuff. I did a, a show for True TV called How to Be a Grown-Up. Yeah. Uh, that is currently airing. We did about, I think, 16 episodes. Shot some the summer and the fall. And that was really fun because I got to do it with a couple other of my favorite comics. And you get to say uh, really ridiculous things and they pay you, which is a dream. Mm-hmm. So that was really fun. And then in October, for about five, six weeks, I did some punch-up writing for a sitcom called One Big Happy, and that's going to air uh, Tuesday, March 17th at 9.30 on NBC. Okay. So I've got some jokes in there, and that was a great experience. Um, and uh, so, yeah, that was those were the two probably biggest you know projects besides stand-up and all that jazz. Mm-hmm. So when you do something like punch up writing you're you're going in and they're saying here's this script we want it to be 50% funnier or, <laughs> or something how does that work what uh, i just think that'd be a really interesting experience to walk in with somebody else's script and you got to pick it up and immediately figure out what's supposed to be funny it was really interesting i'd never done that before um the showrunner and creator of the show is my friend of mine liz feldman and she wrote for Ellen for years and Two Broke Girls and uh, she does stand-up and uh, I've kind of written with her throughout, uh, you know, just here and there and I wrote on the pilot, just kind of helped punch it up and sat in the writer's room. That was really a good experience. I got picked up for six episodes and, you know, I'm not a professional uh, TV writer, maybe one of these days down the road. So uh, I came aboard when... Uh, most of the episodes were written and so I would start work on like that Monday and we'd shoot the show on Friday and I did this <laughs> for about six weeks and so the script would be changing constantly and so sometimes I'd be in the writer's room sometimes I wouldn't sometimes I'd be at my desk you know two in the morning being like is that gonna work is that not gonna work it was just it was crazy mm-hmm. and then Thursdays we'd shoot about three scenes and then Friday night at 5.30 or 5, 5.30, we'd shoot the rest of the scenes, the bulk of it, in front of a live studio audience because it was a multicam. And I thought stand-up comedy was stressful, but punch-up writing in front of a live studio audience, like, you have a scene, they do it, a line doesn't work, um, and uh, and you're responsible uh, for or coming up for something funnier on the spot in front of everyone. Wow, that was stressful. Slash really fun when it worked. It's got to be such a change because you're used to delivering your joke. You get to hear, you get to put all of the emphasis in it. You get to do all of the stagecraft in it to deliver it the way that you think is going to be funniest. But when you're doing something like this, you've got a line and they interpret it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, so you may sit there and go, but that's not where I wanted you to, you know, to hit it. How does that, I mean, when you're sitting there, how often are you... I, I don't want to back you into a corner, but how often do you think, well, gosh, that's that's a different take than what I 
but I didn't really intend it. Well, you know, you you get to you get used to hearing these actresses and actors' voices, you know, mm-hmm. and and seeing, you know, it's a real learning curve. But something that like I remember writing the first week and then writing on the last week and. And it changed dramatically because it would be something that, like, yeah, I'm used to pulling off in my cadence and my rhythm. And then you realize, no, no, um, this actress, it's Alicia Cuthbert, and she was amazing. And she really can pull off anything. She's so insanely talented. But she she doesn't necessarily have, uh, you know, you have to write for her and for that character and it's not that far off. It's just a little bit, um, you know, it's just, it, you just have to kind of tweak it. Or like when you're at home at your desk and you're writing, you write something down, you're like, oh my God, that, that really makes me laugh. But then you're like, wait, but would she say that, you know? Mm-hmm. So that was really kind of interesting. But I have to say I was really surprised. I wasn't surprised, but when you'd write something on the fly and they'd kind of run it into the actress or actor and then the second take, they would use your line if you were lucky enough to get your joke in. And it worked. It was just the greatest thing on the planet. It was just as exciting as if something I wrote for myself worked. Uh, it was really sweet. I, I, I really enjoyed it. You know, I, I like to imagine you at the writer's desk and you've got pictures of each of the characters and you have them talking to each other. Like you move the pictures next to each other and you try that line and then you try a different joke. I think that would be a fantastic routine. This is what you want is other people suggesting things. <laughs> right. <laughs> I like to imagine writers with the pictures of the actors going or an actresses going, but I want this. And, you know, maybe this is why I don't write for. Um, no, 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 no. I just that I just was picturing that that was making me laugh. Uh, yeah, it was just, you know, I, I feel like I got really lucky The the writers had been the staff writers had been working you know, for like 20 years writing and here I'd come in with like no experience and they were just so welcoming and just made you feel really at home. And, uh, it was like a real, you know, obviously I'm a sports freak. It was a real team concept. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. we we all kind of sank or swim together. And that was, that was really cool because you hear some nightmare stories about writer's room and stuff. And it couldn't have been, it couldn't have been a lovelier experience. So tell me about the difference between that and um, your process for writing, say, new stand-up material. I mean, that's got to be, you know, it's great. it sounds like you had a great experience going into that team concept, but that's not, I think, what, what your background is, right? That's a new sort of thing. It is new, yeah. You know, I've done some punch-up writing for people's scripts, but not, like, on that level. You know what I mean? Like, friends of mine have been writing for shows, um, and so, you know, they're responsible for a script here or there, and I'll, you know, come over on a Saturday morning, and I'll just, you know, add jokes and stuff like that. So essentially, I sort of have been doing it just kind of like under the radar, just like with friends, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the, the confidence is like, you know, you've been writing jokes for 15 years, like, and I wrote like a, a spec script a couple years ago for a sitcom, so you're like, all right, well, you know, it's just kind of disguised, you know, stand up in, in like a sort of new form, you know, just kind of like random dialogue. So uh, at least you had confidence where like, well, I can write a punchline, you know, it just the you just have to it's like a new it's it's sort of like this new form of stress that you have to get through. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you have to sort of just right. be able to handle a, a, a different type of stress. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's it. you're you're making a great pitch for your uh, career when you say it's a new kind of stress. It is. You know, it's it was, something else to give you an ulcer. 
yeah. it's a whole new sort of <laughs> problem in life. So you had mentioned that uh, you know you're a big sports fan, so we should um, take the uh, the turn there and say you've also got the podcast Sports Without Balls. Um, for uh, talking about sports with some um, comedic uh, other lady comics. Um, yeah, and, and I, athletes and, and athletes. journalists and kind of anyone and every, everything. Right. Yeah, which I think is cool because you're giving a really, you, you, like you, I think you said, underrepresented view because every time I turn on ESPN, twice a year when I do that, um, <laughs> <laughs> I confess before I know almost nothing about sports. Um, except living in um, Columbus, Ohio, you have to know about the Buckeyes. Oh yeah, you're not allowed. But um, so we'll we'll make that turn, and I'll here's my question, my well-researched question. <laughs> okay, um, who's Ohio State's quarterback next year? Cardell Jones, J.T. Barrett, or Braxton Miller? And go. Well, <laughs> I. That is going to be, you know, that's that's a good hour of conversation, right. which would be, I would totally have. Um, I guess the short version is, um, will will Braxton will Braxton Miller come back? Probably because he needs to up his, uh, he needs to have like a really good season to get his NFL uh, points back. If he had a really good season, he probably would have left. He might even be, he might even have. He might even be a senior going to this year. I'm not well schooled on specific I, uh, OSU quarterbacks, but Barrett had a good year. Uh, but I, I mean, I don't know what year he is. Maybe he's a sophomore. Or he's junior. young. Yeah, he's yeah. young. Busts his ankle, but it, uh, literally he had a he had a really good year. Right. Cardell Jones comes out of nowhere, and the dude for after two games, or you're thinking like. He lo- he honestly th- I feel like he could close his eyes and throw the ball 100 yards. It's unbelievable. Plus he's a tank. He's like a tight end. He looks like a tight end. He's 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 like 6'4" 280 or something insane. He's actually like totally intriguing cuz there's also like this sort of notion of like well if Miller comes back, Barrett comes back and Jones wins the national championship, you got you got a serious quarterback controversy on your hands, mm-hmm. and does Jones knowing that he might not start just completely randomly now, not randomly, but declare for the NFL and try to get picked up in the fourth, fifth round and have be someone's backup, you know, in the NFL versus a third stringer on OSU? Very interesting. Mm-hmm. I could talk about that for a while. Okay. Yeah, and I'm not even like a huge OSU fan, but uh, <laughs> I. That that oh that that Jones he's fun to watch. But you are, I, I believe, college football fan, right? I am, and okay. and only like in the last couple of years have I really picked it up. I've always watched the big games, but now now I'm watching more and more. I say that with a little bit of a sigh because I watch so much. It's like it's it's probably bad for my health, but uh, mm-hmm. I do love it. Now, the last time we talked, there was a uh, something at the baseball Hall of Fame. Right, there was an induction ceremony that you were thinking. To oh get to. yeah, I was going to try to get to that one. You didn't. You didn't get the chance to to come to no, beautiful. Joe Torrey was going to get in there, and I was hoping to get a Jeter spotting. But I'm just going to have right. to stalk Jeter in a different type of way. I don't know. I don't someone you, knows someone that knows Jeter. If you're gonna play catch with Jeter, you're gonna have yeah. to stalk him. That's. Um, I'm the same way with uh, uh, you know university presidents, and I just. <laughs> I just keep stalking them, and you know it's not working out all that well, really. Uh, not for stalking, me. Stalking is, uh, you know, it's a, it's it's a, it's its own art form, and uh, it's. I like to say like friendly, gentle stalk. <laughs> so 
so I don't wind up in the clink. Right, yeah. Friendly, gentle stalking, sort of like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how those words all go together. But I don't either, but I do put them together. Yeah, that is a nice, uh, nice process, a nice way to go there. Well, um, are, is there any other thing surprising that you want to throw down to, uh, you know, people coming to the show? Are you going to be uh, juggling? Uh, I'm assuming you've got some great new material. Yeah, you know, it's like a combination of, uh, yeah, just that if they came, you know, last year, uh, come back because it's certainly not going to be the same show. I do a couple things like, you know, I write constantly and then, you know, things happen all the time and I like to talk about stuff that's happening in the room and, you know, it's it's always a new show. And are there going to be some repeat jokes? Well, of course, because uh, I can't write another album, you know, in 10 months. But, uh, you know, we'll mix it up and every night is different, you know. So, and I had a great time there last year. So, and it was like 20 below. So I decided I like to, I like to hang out in Ohio, uh, during the polar vortex. It's going to be great. We have captured that again. It happens to be today a little bit cold. I think it's supposed to be negative seven tonight. Unbelievable. I don't know how you guys do it. I really don't. I mean, I grew up in the Northeast, so it's not like it's a strange concept. But then when you come out here to California, you go, wait a minute, how can I ever do that again? Mm -hmm. And uh, then you just become an absolute wuss. Well, you know, that's funny. I was in California yesterday. I was in San Jose. I went to Cupertino, to uh, the Apple headquarters um, for a conference. And it was, it was, I'll give you guys this. It was nice, you know. <laughs> oh, it's gorgeous. I wandered around outside in just a nice light shirt and thought, I'm not going to die as I did today trying to take the trash to the curb. 